0: It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We want to welcome all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in so much to this program. I know that many of you do so virtually on a daily basis. Some of you do so frequently, but you're not able to do so daily. And then there may be others of you who are listening for one of the first few times. And we just appreciate all of you so much. As I said, we appreciate you tuning in. We try to be as as responsible as we can in this program to using your time we want to teach you god's word in a way that makes sense for your life and at the same time we're not going to do it in just a surface level kind of fashion we're going to dig deep we're going to get beneath the surface look at it in detail and try to help you really understand the the depths of god's word what it really means and how we need to follow it in order to be what god would have us to be it's good to be here today to study, along with Dennis Stackhouse.
1: Thank you, Gary. It's certainly a wonderful blessing for me to be part of the program today, and I want to add my word of welcome to all those listening. We are very pleased to have you with us. We hope this time will be beneficial to you, that you'll be edified, that you'll be strengthened in God's word. And You know, Gary, this this is such an important endeavor for every one of us to try to come to a better understanding of what God desires for us. And sometimes we may fail to realize this is something we need to do on a personal, individual basis. This is not a group project. Now, certainly the scriptures speak about the church as a group of people, a congregation, an assembly, and we understand that. But ultimately, every individual needs to come to grips with what God has said and respond accordingly. I'm reminded of something that we have recorded in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. And as Paul is recounting some of the things that happened with the Israelites in the wilderness, he said in verse 11 of chapter 10, now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now Paul is saying, you can learn from the examples of these people who didn't do quite right and that's the easy way to do it you don't have to make these mistakes yourself so hopefully every one of us will take that to heart and understand god's word is written for our good for our instruction for our admonition as paul put it in that verse
0: and you know we need to take that very seriously Uh, Paul also said essentially the same thing in his letter to the Romans Mm -hmm. that the scriptures are written for our learning.
1: That's correct.
0: It wasn't just a slow day one day when God had the Bible written. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And of course he had it written by and we've talked about this in in past programs in an amazing way by Uh, so many different men over, mm-hmm. so many di- over such a long period of time mm-hmm. and in three different languages. Yes. And yet the continuity is incredible. Yes, it is. And no doctrinal contradictions whatsoever. No. Uh, and, and amazing proofs of uh, scientific fact and archaeological evidence that had yet to be demonstrated in the mm-hmm. days in which it was written, but mm-hmm. which subsequently have been so. That's right. The power of God's word, because it is God's word, is just amazing. It
1: definitely is.
0: Now, Dennis, we're going to begin a uh, rather short series of studies, you know, today. We're going to get into uh, something that uh, is really, as somebody described it recently, kind of black and white. Yes. This is really easy to understand. And yet, it is very fundamental to Mm -hmm. our spiritual well-being.
1: Yes, it certainly is, something that each one of us, whether we are a Christian now or we're studying, trying to learn what we need to do to become a Christian, this information is vital.
0: It really is. This is kind of down where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Absolutely. About as basic as it gets, what you're talking about, uh, where am I in Mm -hmm. my spiritual life? Yes. And we're asking the question, lost or saved? And then we're making the point, those are the only two alternatives. Mm-hmm. There is no third choice.
1: No, there isn't.
0: There's no being almost saved or a little bit lost or kind of in between. You're either lost or you're saved.
1: That's correct.
0: That's it. One or the other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When we turn to Romans chapter 6, and we look at verse 23. We've looked at this passage many, many times in past programs. But it is so basic, and it, it, it is so applicable to uh, the studies on such a repeated basis. But this really says it right here. In a nutshell, capsulized form, just right there in black and white. How does that read? Again, Romans
1: 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord.
0: Now there it is. The wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. But the gift of God is eternal life in Mm -hmm. Christ Jesus, our Lord. Right. There's no third choice there, is there?
1: No, there isn't.
0: Paul put it very succinctly. Mm -hmm. It's one or the other. Correct. Now, I know that, Dennis, I know that a lot of people would like to have a third choice in there.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, many people live their lives as if there is a third choice, unfortunately.
0: Yes. A lot of people would like to feel like, there's a blending there, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. There's, that, there's that proverbial gray area. Mm-hmm. You're not quite lost, but you're not quite saved.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you may not be all the way saved, but you're certainly not lost. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's not the way it's put. It's either lost or saved.
1: That attitude is kind of like the proverbial straddling of the fence, thinking it's okay to have one foot on each side.
0: Yes. But as we've pointed out in the past, that's a pretty uncomfortable position to take.
1: It certainly is.
0: Just try sitting in a fence straddled (laughs) with one foot on one side, one foot on the other side, see how that feels. And yet that seems to be where a lot of people like to think they are. Mm -hmm. They would like to be there in their spiritual lives. And I think a lot of times, Dennis, it's because people, they don't wanna make a commitment, Mm -hmm. a full commitment to following Christ to being faithful, to living that Christian life, but they don't want to be lost either. Mm -hmm. So they just try to be somewhere there in no man's land, so to speak.
1: And it's again unfortunate, Gary, because when someone takes that attitude, they many times fail to realize they already have made a commitment. Exactly. And that commitment is, I'm not going to commit myself to God.
0: That's right. I'm not going to be faithful right now. Right. Now, again, they would say, well, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. If you're not committing yourself to be obedient, to be faithful, to be a Christian, to live the life, you're committing yourself to not do those things. Exactly. There's no in-between here. That's mm-hmm. the point of this particular study. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look at another passage. And, boy, the, the number of the texts that bring this principle out are numerous. hmm And I don't know that we'll even find all of them in this particular study, but they are numerous. We'll look at many of them. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30, what does Jesus say? He who is not
1: with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad.
0: So he says you're either with me or against me. Very plain. Well, well, how about, Lord, could I be a little bit with you? (laughs) Could I be mostly with you?
1: Not how he put it.
0: That's not how he put it. He no. said, if you're not with me, you're against me. That's right. If you don't gather to me, you scatter abroad. Yes. See, there is no room left for that middle ground that so many people would like to stake out for their lives for a while. Mm-hmm. Till they could come to that supposed proverbial someday when they're going to get their lives straightened out. Right. Well, that day's not on the calendar.
1: No, it really isn't, and uh, it's. I suppose this sounds rather crude, but for many people who take that approach, they're going to be straightened out in a coffin before they get their lives straightened out in relationship to God.
0: All dressed up and uh, suddenly brought to the church building, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Certainly have some spiritual-sounding words mm-hmm. set over them. But they won't be there to hear. They won't. Because they will have already gone on. Mm-hmm. Now, we've got to understand this. There are only two alternatives, only two choices. There is no middle ground. There is no such thing as being almost saved or just a little bit lost. You're not quite lost mm-hmm. or maybe not quite saved completely. Now, it's one or the other. You're right. saved or you're lost. mm mm-hmm. And you need to figure that out on the basis of God's word and not on the basis of your wish Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or your emotional feeling. Mm -hmm. In John chapter 14 and verse 15, what did Jesus say?
1: If you love me, keep my commandments.
0: And the sense of that particular passage, as we've talked about many times in the program, is if you love me, you will keep my commandments.
1: Yes, that actually expresses the intent of the Greek language more exactly.
0: If you love me, you will obey me. Right. Now, you know, Dennis, there are a whole lot of people out there who claim they love Jesus who don't obey him.
1: That's exactly the case.
0: And, you know, there are a lot of those people who know they're not obeying him, but they still insist, oh, but I love Jesus. Mm -hmm. I love the Lord. Yes. And someday, again, there's that proverbial someday that's not on the calendar. I'm going to get everything straightened out. Yes. Yes. That's not logical reasoning, and it's certainly not scriptural.
1: We need to make preparations now. We need to be ready constantly. We need to be vigilant. We need to be diligent to make sure that we're in a proper standing before God and not put it off any longer.
0: This is fairly expressed, I think, the most important thing in your life. No doubt about it. Most important determination.
1: There can't be anything of greater value or greater importance than making sure our soul is going to be eternally saved.
0: Either lost or saved. Now, God does not leave us having to be confused over this matter, does he? Hmm, not at all. In First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 33, what does the Apostle Paul say?
1: for god is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints
0: not the author of confusion but of peace so if there's the possibility that maybe you know we might not be just right with god well you know we not that doesn't mean we're lost well maybe we're not ready to get into heaven but that doesn't mean we're going to hell hey one or the other That's right. Lost or saved. Mm -hmm. God is not the author of confusion. That's right. How can you figure out which way you're going if you don't know which way you're going? (laughs) Yes. Well, let's turn to a very valuable text that expresses this principle, I think, in some detail. And that is Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 through 46. I know this is a rather lengthy text to read on the air, but uh, bear with us, get out your Bible and follow along with us or listen close and we'll come back and we'll look at it in in some specificity after we finished reading the text as a whole.
1: When the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me.
0: Dennis, in verse 31, it, it begins the text by saying, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all his holy angels with him, then he will sit in the throne of his glory. Mm-hmm. What day is that talking about?
1: That's talking about judgment day.
0: <laughs> Final day of judgment. Mm-hmm. Going to be that reckoning. Mm-hmm. Now that day is coming, isn't it?
1: It certainly is.
0: No question about it.
1: No, there's not.
0: In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, a classic text along that line, what does it say?
1: For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad.
0: And then in Revelation 22 and verse 12, how does that read?
1: And behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work.
0: And Jesus speaking there. Yes, indeed. And so he's, he's saying that the judgment day is real. Yes. That is going to be a real time in the history of mankind. That's right. He's coming to judge the world. It's interesting in Acts chapter 17 how emphatically the apostle Paul puts the surety of the coming of that day. In uh, verse verses 30 and 31 of Acts chapter 17, how does how does he put it there?
1: Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead.
0: So God is no longer... Overlooking ignorance. Right. Okay. He expects all men everywhere to repent. That's rather repetitive and reinforcing the phrase all men and then the word everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: All men everywhere. He commands them to repent.
1: No one is left out.
0: That, that means you and me and everyone listening to the program at this particular point in time and everybody else out there as well. That's right. And all who ever will live until the Lord comes again on that final day of judgment. But now he says he commands all men everywhere to repent because, verse 31, he has appointed a day.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now we might say that means he has set a day.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He has scheduled a day. And only God
1: knows when it is.
0: That's right. And on that day, he will judge the world judge the world. Now, I, I know a lot of people don't like that idea of final day of judgment, but right here it is mm-hmm. spelled out in black and white again. Mm-hmm. On that day, he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. Mm-hmm. Now, he's talking about Christ and that becomes clear in the next sentence. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. That's right. No question. And that, of course, falls right in line with what Jesus said back in Revelation 22 and verse 12, and also what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, Mm -hmm. as you read earlier. Right. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. There's no escaping that day. No. And it is so absolutely set in stone that that day is going to happen, and that event is going to take place the world being judged by Christ, that God gave us assurance of all of this by raising Christ from the dead. Correct. Now, that is one of the the proofs of the resurrection or one of the powers behind the resurrection that God has actually said, the resurrection assures you that this day is going to take place. That's right. So there's no escaping it.
1: No, not at all.
0: No running away from it. Now, there's no uh, interpreting it out of existence, saying, <laughs> well, I don't believe it really means that. It's about well, as clear as could be here.
1: We may not believe it, but it's still going to come.
0: Right, right. And you could not believe a lot of things, mm-hmm. or you can believe a lot of things, mm-hmm. both of which may be wrong. Exactly. And, you know, we've used the, the, the story about Abraham Lincoln uh, before, where he he asked the question, if you called a sheep's tail a leg, how many legs would a sheep have? Mm -hmm. And of course, the natural response would be, well, five. (laughs) And he said, wrong. You only have four legs. Mm -hmm. Calling a tail a leg doesn't make it a leg. That's right. Well, a lot of people, they have determined a lot of things in their mind a lot of it because that's the way they want to believe it Mm -hmm. about judgment and about final things and about uh about heaven and hell and Mm -hmm. eternal punishment and all of that but you can decide anything you want you can disbelieve any truth that is written down in the scriptures you can make up things and call them truth but that does not make any of that so
1: no it doesn't
0: But God's Word is God's truth, John Mm -hmm. 17 and verse 17. Correct. And so if it's written down there, it is God's Word. Mm -hmm. And as we've looked at many times in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, literally what that means is it is God-breathed. Right. God's very Word Mm -hmm. and the sense being coming from His mouth
1: makes it all the more critical that we obey it.
0: The day of judgment is coming. Mm -hmm. And on that day, there are only two potential destinations, Mm -hmm. only two alternatives, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: lost or saved. That's right. We'll come back to this point in our next program and continue this study. We'll go right back to Matthew chapter 25 and we'll continue through that text and look at how Jesus lays it out for us there. Again, in black and white, very basic fundamental statements and instructions. We do hope that if you're listening, you will contact us and ask for that free Bible study so that you can learn how you can be ready for that final day of judgment and that you don't have to worry about the potential of being lost because you can know that you are ready for the judgment because you're saved in Jesus Christ. We hope to hear from you today.